conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy.
Hi, you guys. <laughs> oh my God, what's happening? Oh, my sassies. It's Andrew's Girls, episode 150. And here's the deal. On such an exciting Andrew's Girls anniversary, <laughs> you get the pleasure of an SG of the AG exclusive spectacular episode. So listen, guys, it's Monday. I'm here in self-quarantine in New York City. It's not funny. And yet here I am laughing with my um, immune-suppressed body and underlying condition. Um, Guys, first off, I hope you are listening to this from the safety of inside your house. Um, And, you know... My fucking God, you guys, it's a whole new world. I don't know what to say except that every day I wake up and I think something will be different in a good way or that this was all a dream and it wasn't, but we're going to get through it together. Um, so a couple things, a lot to say. I want to talk about how Bravo is dealing with Corona. I want to give a shout out to some of the housewives who are dealing with it. I would say correctly, uh, a muzzle from the SDC, CDC. Oh my God, what does SDC mean? So don't care. Um, so there's a lot for us to talk about, a lot to say. First off, most importantly, I hope you're happy and healthy. Number two, I hope you are washing your hands every 15 seconds. Um, I should do some kind of word thing like a word of the night where you just wash your hands but just wash your hands the entire time this episode the world the word of the pod is whatever word is coming out of my mouth that you're listening to just wash your hands for 20 seconds at least with hot water make sure to um, remember your thumbs and wrists um anyway there's a lot for us to talk about um and so let's get to some Andy's Girls operational stuff first. So I'm in self-quarantine uh, where I will remain until 2026. And um, so what does that mean for Andy's Girls? That means that uh, my goal is to get um, episodes out to you guys every week. Um, my goal is to have guests on the show. We're working out the details. And by we, I mean me and my alternate personalities. Um working out the details in the next upcoming days to make sure that that quality is top notch because you know some other fucker is going to leave an iTunes review during the quarantine that's like, I don't know, it sounded like they were on a conference call. Um, So working on that, I have a lot of guests that had been scheduled in the upcoming weeks that were um, uh, coordinating into satellite episodes. So those will be out. Working on a lot of extra Patreon episodes because... Um, not to say I have extra attention because frankly, I think about Bravo 24 seven, but, um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm thinking about in real time. And I want to get that to you guys between episodes. Um, for me personally, I'm an event producer. I don't know if my line of work that I've been doing for 150 years is going to exist in the near future here in New York city. So if you are, um, you know, a supporter of Andy's Girls and don't already support the Patreon. It's a number one way to keep um, Casa AG afloat. I really, really appreciate it. Um, my birthday is coming up, which is the most important information that you guys should be thinking about right now. So my birthday wish is for you to join the Andy's Girls Patreon and wash your hands. Um, so 
you know, for me, self-care, it's Monday late morning. I thought I was going to record AG on Saturday. Then I thought I was going to record it on Sunday. Then I realized I just really needed to watch a dumb movie. So I watched um, Draft Day with Kevin Costner, which is like a watered down Moneyball. Moneyball, I highly encourage. Draft Day was free. And frankly, at the end of the day, God bless. Um, Watch whatever makes you feel comfortable and happy from inside of your house while washing your hands and do whatever makes you feel comfortable and safe from inside your house while washing your hands. Um, But I know that podcasts are important. I know that TV is important. I know that escape is important. And I know that connection is connection is important. I need it as much as you guys do. So AG is going to go on. We are going to adjust to life as it happens in real time and do the very best we can. Thank God I have fucking great equipment in my apartment. I am so thankful right now. Genuine love goes out to all the podcasters I know that work in studios and record in studios. I don't know how they're handling it, but frankly, we're all just doing the best we can. And so be patient with your fellow podcasters and um, send each other as much love as possible. Obviously, this does not include Danielle Stubb, who P.S. had a... um, She's doing her own podcast now or something. I don't know. She had a launch date in New York City. So if there can be one event that the government said was not safe to attend, it is that one. Um, wow. So what has happened in the Bravo sphere? This isn't a full list, but is but it is a list. Uh, OC production suspended. Southern Charm production suspended. Dallas production, I believe, suspended. Watch What Happens Live suspended. Doesn't mean canceled, just means they're putting a pause until it is safe for folks to yell at each other in small enclosed spaces. Atlanta reunion postponed does not mean canceled, just means it's postponed. New Jersey filming also postponed. I know that this suggestion has been made on the interwebs. I want to say it was Denny Pellegrino um, who made it. Might have been a friend of the show, both friends of the show, Evan Ross Katz as well. Um, We could still potentially find a way for Atlanta to happen. I know that, you know, Bravo Lebs are on Bravo social channels right now with fun little videos and reminders to stay safe and healthy and Porsche's washing her hands and showing other people how to. And I'm just going to frame that video and put it on my wall. Um, I wonder if there's a way for them to figure. Obviously, this isn't the the most important thing that Bravo's dealing with, but it is an important thing that Bravo's dealing with right now. I wonder if there's a way to like, a better version of Skype if these women have access to some sort of camera or if a camera can be shipped to them and they can figure out how to record it and something else. I don't know. Or or Skype or FaceTime something so that people are all on the same page. I wish that there was some sort of mini response or something that could happen and maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe there will. Ditto with Watch What Happens Live. Maybe instead of it airing on Bravo, since they can't be in the studio and you can't have that many people in the room safely, maybe they can do 
more Instagram lives. I know that Andy did one, I think, yesterday uh, during the Democratic debate. Um, So hopefully they can use social media more because, frankly, I think we all really appreciate new content as much as I love a throwback and have seen every episode of every Housewives franchise at least twice. I think that there's something to be said for getting something new to talk about. I think that's important. So hopefully they can figure out some sort of option. Um, And I know I'm sure that they're focused on that as well. Erica Jane leaving Chicago, the musical early. I was hoping to see it. Uh, My guess is that when Broadway is up and running and we'll see when that is um, that she may return. So if you had, I heard from some AGs who were upset and had tickets and my guess is that she will probably rejoin the cast at a later point um, when it is safe for everyone because that's most important. Um, Ramona motherfucking singer is an icon and has been posting videos telling people to stay the fuck indoors and explaining exactly why that is important and necessary. And God bless her for it because not every housewife has taken that counsel. Um, that other half of Ramonia, Sonia, sweet, lovely Sonia Tremont Morgan, posted an Instagram picture of herself that she says was yesterday. And her Instagram capture says, to my fellow New Yorkers, today is a bright, sunny, fresh day to get out for a brisk walk, get some fresh air and sunshine, nothing like some vitamin D to lift your spirits. Governor Cuomo gave a very unifying and sensible talk today about not panicking and staying practical so we can care for those elderly and with underlying medical conditions that render them more susceptible and therefore in dire need of hospital access and care. Hashtag unite and don't hashtag fight. Hashtag Governor Cuomo. Hashtag Corona. Hashtag New Yorkers. Hashtag NYC. Hashtag March 15. Hashtag prayer day. Hashtag love your neighbor. Hashtag R-H-O-N-Y. Girl. Emoji of a girl. Hashtag mom. So guys, just enjoy this photo of Sonia. Do not listen to Sonia. Uh, I want to say it's like more than half of the people in ICUs in a couple select European countries are under the age of 40. Um, Just... Do not consider age a lifesaver. And most especially, understand that if you don't have symptoms, it doesn't mean you're not carrying the virus and making it far, far worse for anybody else. So while I'm so appreciative, Sonia is loving a bright, sunny, fresh day. My hope is that once she sees the number of commenters, including myself, telling her to get the fuck inside and use her platform more responsibly, um, stay in, love yourself, take a selfie, hashtag mom, include an emoji of a child, bright girl, hashtag prayer day, but do it from the safety of your house. Ramona posting a lot of smart stuff. Dorinda posting a lot of smart stuff. Vicky posting videos of herself chilling, hugging people, making fun of the fact that she doesn't have toilet paper. 
best wishes. Vicky, who's probably financially making out best from this than anybody else because of motherfucking Koto Insurance, you would think just because of her line of work that she would be able to shut the fuck up and even if she can't even say something that's responsible or promote safety, then don't say anything at all. But she cannot help herself. Meanwhile, Shannon and Shannon and Kelly each posted pics to their social of themselves from two days ago with something along the lines of like neighbors walking distance. They're holding each other like they're touching. So technically this isn't Corona approved, but I do have to say I'm so happy that my dreams are coming to fruition. What I said before um, holds to this day. Kick Vicky out, kick Tamara out. Shannon will have to be forced to reckon with her estrangement and anger toward Kelly and will have to start to unpack the fact that she was caring baggage that had been given to her by her seeming friends. And that is not a great position to be in unless you are able to look from within and say, why do I actually say that I hate this person? How have they affected me? How can we move on? And it looks like they are finding a way to do that for themselves, which I love. Um, Tamara and Vicky no longer follow Shannon. Tamara posting an Instagram that says fake friends are like shadows. They follow you in the sun, but leave you in the dark. To which I can say, fuck you. I would think real friends understand that fellow real friends shouldn't leave a substantial six-figure paycheck because you were let go. That actually makes absolutely no sense. And if you were a real friend, you would understand this person has to film with their real or fake friends and you wouldn't drop them as a result of it. I think that is insane and it's something that is probably not surprising to many of us who watched Shannon say repeatedly what a good friend Tamara is, how amazing she is, how they talk every day, because as we know, Tamara's friendships and Vicky's as well have an expiration date. Shannon just didn't read the side of the bottle of whatever fucking pot oil Tamara's selling that I would actually really like. Tamara, get in touch with me. Um, so that's some of the responses. Deandra posting some dumb fucking shit of her birthday party where she had a group of people over like two days ago. Terrific. Mazel. And a series of amazing, actually amazing, um, shout out to Jeremy, uh, birthday, almost boudoir-esque photos that she's posted to her IG, and then just posting photos with friends who are um, wearing like fake all over body mask things because they all think they're so fucking hilarious. Um, And then you look at, you know, pump rules. Lala posted a video that was very quickly... um, angrily shot down, I would say. I don't know if it's still up where she says she truly doesn't think that God would give her Corona before her wedding, which like, sweetie, I don't think the state of California will likely allow your wedding to continue. So maybe put your prayers that way. But um, I don't think it was 
anywhere near as bad as what Sheena was tweeting, which was essentially telling people, I'm just going to live my life. Like, I get that some of you guys are staying inside, but I just have to live my life. And then responding angrily to people who are like, shut the fuck up. You're going to kill people. What, you expect me to stay inside? I have to go out. I just need to let you know how my life needs to be lived. And maybe you can respect that. And then retweeting people who are like, yeah, Sheena, go outside, hug people. Cough into the air. Be a person in this world. And not understanding that being a person in this world means staying the fuck inside and washing your hands. It's not that difficult. And if it can save your life, your long-term health, or the life of somebody else you may or may not know, it's fucking worth it. Um, It's just kind of amazing because we put these people on a platform, we celebrate them. When they're trash, we call it out. But I think that there's a difference between someone being a monster in like a friendship on TV and using a platform of hundreds of thousands of followers to give them incorrect, incredibly dangerous information. And what I don't think people under are understanding is like literally the most important thing you can do right now is stay inside um, and wash your hands, you know, disinfect things if you can, but just stay inside and wash your hands. It's really not that complicated. Aside from Sheena, who lives in a hovel, everybody on Pump Rules is living in like a pretty nice place now as of this season. So it's not that difficult. And if you're not going to do this, at least don't publicly announce it so that other people feel confident in making a mistake because at least they know that you are as well. So like if the ship is going down, they know that Captain Sheena will be on board. It just leaves like a bad taste for me. It just feels incredibly not ignorant. It feels dangerous. I feel like some of these people know what they're doing. They just don't give a shit. And that is what's so maddening. Um, But then there are others who are doing the right thing. And so that's what I'm trying to kind of focus on. And also just reflecting on the fucking shows of shows that we've had this week. Um, I did ask you guys uh, some quarantine (laughs) inspired questions. Um, uh, So here was one that I asked you guys on social. If Bravo gave you the um, option to choose one Bravo lab to self-quarantine with, who would you choose and potentially why? And I thought about it and was like, who would I want to be with? And I was talking with some fellow um, Bravoholics about this. And I think we pretty much all said the same thing, which was Portia, because she would be funny. She's sweet. She's kind. She's like mothering. Um, She's a good person. She's smart. She just constantly makes me laugh at the end of the day. Um, But I wanted to ask you guys who you thought. And some of your thoughts, I actually, some of your um, picks, I actually thought were very, very interesting interesting and made me think. So one person said Kyle Richards because she's the most fabulous and we'd have a dance party. Sidebar, I get that. And I was thinking at one point Kyle Richards because she's such a good mom. But then I started thinking, you know, she needs to fucking like have her 
whatever the fuck on her like what is it when you have Kabbalah I don't know I'm Jewish um she was holding something was it like a one of our things it wasn't a Torah something she was holding on that um mini PJ long ago with her red string bracelet praying to God itself that the plane would just be a normal operating machine I don't think that Kyle's hypochondria would um inspire an enjoyable self-quarantine process but I also truly do like Kyle um and think she can be funny and actually think she can be quite real so I get that pick aside from the fact that she's probably hysterical right now someone said Dorinda Sonia with a sexy J voice um I get that and Dorinda's um in uh, Bluestone Manor right now, living her best life with Hannah. Uh, don't know where John Modestian is. Maybe we'll find out. And um, I appreciate that. I think that's a good choice too. Maybe hide the liquor. Um, Sonia, obviously, Grey Gardens forever. She was put on earth for indoor pajama silliness. Got a lot more Dorinda's of Bethany. Hashtag this is a crisis. Bethany calling out billionaires on Twitter. Very into that. Uh, Luann for the eggs of La France in the morning. Into that. Archie. With a little emoji of a dog, P.S. Archipador Galley, my beta fish that one of you guys uh, named, doing fine, living his best life in his little self-quarantine of a, of a little um, beta fish tank. Um, another Bethany, living off skinny girl supplies, of course. Don't know how healthy those are, but I wish you the best. Um, Portia for laughs and because, you know, Miss Diane hooked her up with some good meals. Is Miss Diane with Portia right now in self-quarantine? Oh, I hope they are in self-quarantine together. I bet Miss Diane is an excellent cook, but also just like, first off, she's stunning and gorgeous and just makes me feel happy when I see her on screen. She seems like such a good mom, such a good role model, such a good grandma. I hope that they're together. I hope they're chilling on um, Portia's um, PJ endorsed sheets. Uh, Ramona, she'll make me laugh, cry, and want to start a fight club. She will fall a lot. So that's very entertaining. That's a good call. Um, Erica, because she doesn't deserve the praise. Okay. Don't entirely understand that, but into it. Um, uh, Dorinda got some more Bethany's. Someone says Bethany because I like nice things and apparently self torture. Um, Heather, Heather, this is one of my favorites. Heather Dubrow, hexagonal ice cubes will get us to their side of this. Very true. Um, a lot of Sonia's, a lot of Bethany's. More Kyle, Kyle, because she's rich and loves Postmates. Nice house, dogs, Mauricio, food truck. Okay, into it. Heather, Holla Thompson, because my selfies would be yummy, yummy, snatched. I think you mean yummy tummy, by the way. Um, Caroline Manzo, she's intelligent, hilarious, can cook. What more would I need? That's actually a good call, too, because she, remember, she knows how to cook in bulk. Remember that? Was it a Christmas Eve dinner? It wasn't Thanksgiving. I think it was Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas night dinner. She cooked for like 9 million people, looked like shit, which I was fascinated by as a Jew. I thought that you like dressed up for Christmas, but I guess a lot of families like wear their normal outfits, which I think is amazing. And God bless God bless Santa approved, but she was like fully scrubbed out, just focused on the plan ahead as one should be, by the way, I co-sign um, as I am in uh, day PJs instead of the night PJs I was wearing um, last night. So I um, I approve of that. Shannon, because you know she has nine lemons, et cetera, et cetera, to ward off the ick. And also she's the best. 
totally cosign. And then here's the thing. Several people put Giselle because she would be nothing but fun and gossip. Then I started thinking, why didn't I think of Giselle? I think that Giselle would be so smart and probably just as amazing as Portia would be. Both know how to cook. Both are really smart. Both are very grounded. Both are very, very funny. Both can be shady without being mean, which I love. And both would have a fucking shit ton of gossip. So I think my top two are Giselle and Portia. Um, more Kyle's, uh, Dorinda, cause she would make it nice. And the Berkshires would be the perfect escape. Completely co-sign that. Someone with a chef and a nanny, possibly Adrian Maloof. P.S. Is, is, um, Chef Bernie still there? I assume he's not because once Adrian was done with him in all of his like incredibly nasty shadiness on Facebook and social after Adrian and Paul announced their divorce. I am assuming she kicked him to the curb sometime after. I could be wrong. Someone says Candy because of food. She's funny and laid back AF. Um, Teresa because she knows what isolation is like from prison. Hashtag too soon. Oh, Lord. Um, Lisa Renna, because not only would she keep everything Cloroxed, I'd have fun pills too. Lisa Renna has been preparing for quarantine her entire life. Here's one thing. Heather Dubrow, biggest house you can have your own space and probably the most food. I actually think the opposite. I think Heather Dubrow is one of the worst options because how the fuck do you clean that house? It is a Ritz-Carlton in Vail. That place is gray silver, lack of character, rich money, glittery wallpaper, hell, toxic earth. How the fuck, especially if like her, who knows how many housekeepers and like support staff she has, but if they're all self-quarantining with their families, she has to clean that herself. So do they just like choose a wing and stay with that? It really makes you think, of the 19 and a half parts of Heather's closet, Heather's house tour, Sarah Galley's nightmare when I would watch and recap those episodes on IG, which P.S. maybe I'll do. I'll see if she has some new ones up and I'll do that for you guys after I um, post this episode. But and maybe I'll do it for Patreon too. How on earth all of those rooms just showing the world, look at this new universe, the Epcot of how to waste money, where there's just constant shit to look at. How on earth is she taking care of that, cleaning that? It really makes you appreciate being a normal person without a savings account, constantly with your checking on high alert, when at least upside, you don't have to deal with sanitizing all that stuff. Because we're not talking about just like cleaning the cobwebs. We're talking talking about like Clorox bleaching, wiping stuff down. She has so many fucking kids running through that shit. Terry, I'm assuming he's not doing elective procedures right now. The amount of contract extensions from Botch that he would just have to put straight back into Clorox bleach wipes just to keep that house sort of clean 
is fascinating. Like they need a bell instead of for the champagne room every time she needs a wipe. My God. Um, another Portia. She has great food. She's hilarious and her baby is adorable. P.S. I'll get to this pa- last week's um, episode of Atlanta in a hot second. But every time I look at PJ, I just feel so happy. That baby looks like Dennis Jr. in the cutest fucking way. Like Dennis, I don't think is, I don't think he's like handsome, spoiler alert, um, breaking news, but his face translates really well into a small infant child or toddler or whatever the fuck that shit kid is at this, at this point. Um, really so cute. Just makes me happy when I see PJ. So shout out to that. Oh, and P.S. Someone said Sandoval, he'd be prepared with, um, tampons cocktails hairspray true uh good point um so guys those are the the um bravo lebs you said you would want to quarantine with then i said who do you not want to quarantine with and here are some answers peggy sulahanian uh the hundredth housewife because come on she was the worst cosign on that countess luann because her ego would smother me and she would make me wait on her I would say maybe Countess Luann you could shoot the shit with, but I don't think I could hear Cabaret, 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 her new show, Shag, Mary Kill. There's a lot going on and I don't think I could deal with it. Um, Sonia, because she probably forgot to stock up on toilet paper and is already in her diapers. Actually, I would say Sonia because she doesn't have hot water. Guys, does Sonia have hot water in her new apartment in Columbus Circle? Pray for her. Pray for Pickles wherever Pickles is. I hope Pickles is okay and safe. Um, Gina's Casita. Good point. Just for mental self-care. That place is just so sad. It looks like the absolute worst that Lisa Frank could ever do. Um, Bethany, she'd flip between what the hell are you working out, go to bed, and hashtag this is a crisis. I don't know. I don't know that I don't I would not choose to be with Bethany unless I did have access to cashing in those Cartier love bracelets on her wrists. But I I don't know that I would have her as the worst person because I think that Bethany would be very smart and practical. And I like what she's saying on social right now. Um, Michael Darby. uh, Yeah, not much needs to be added to that. Michael Darby makes a lot of sense. Kristen Doty because she thrives in negativity and would be a hysterical and messy bitch. My God, Carter, I did not know you were listening to Andy's Girls, but thank you so much for tuning in. Jen Aiden or James Kennedy? Okay, I disagree with the Jen Aiden because I think that she is very good at like providing for people, and I don't mean um, glittery diamonds on five-year-old cupcakes, but just in like making a house a home. And she seems very warm with her family, and I I think I'd be very comfortable. I think that that is something um, that culturally culturally is very important to her family in the Turkish community is just making people feel comfortable and welcome at home. Obviously, this does not apply to her her behavior like Oklahoma shaming and with some other stuff. But I'm just saying like when you have someone over for a nosh, making sure that they have options, making sure that they feel comfortable. I hear James Kennedy, 100% cosign would be horrible right now. Pray for Raquel, who P.S. did post some stuff to her Instagram telling people to be responsible and safe. And I thought that was really great. Go Raquel good for her. And she used the Barbie filter, which 
Of course she did. God bless you, Raquel. Um, Ramona, though, she'd probably make me tip to unpack her baggage. I'm sh- her luggage and baggage. Um, both uh, baggage from Mario, luggage from her house. Um, Kelly Ben Simone, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Kelly Ben Simone doing the most and the worst on social it, she doesn't understand what quarantining means, doesn't understand what wellness means, doesn't understand what anything means. And it's really like this is what happens when someone has several hundreds of bags of jelly beans and gummy bears and and her psychology to unpack and work with. Um, after this week, Shaw's, not Reza, I would tell him my secrets and he would tell the world P.S. I am going to do a Patreon episode devoted to maybe some housewife follow up, but a lot of it devoted to the last three minutes of Shaw's. So I have, you know, as as you guys all know, I almost never watch Bravo episodes as they air. I didn't watch Shaw's until I want to say yesterday. And I had seen online and from AGs getting into my DMs, watch the last couple minutes, watch the last three minutes, last six minutes, whatever. I watched the full episode. I was nervous that it was going to be a spoiler. And I was like, how crazy could this be? I thought it was going to be like a dark, um, like violent fight or something. But we've seen that on Shaw's or them just yelling at each other. And I was really emotionally unprepared for what I actually saw. So if you haven't seen this week's episode of Shaw's, if you have seen a single episode of any previous season of Shaw's, and understand who these people are, even if you haven't watched it in several years, I highly encourage you to watch just this week's episode of Shaw's, but not the last minute, the last 10 minutes, the full app. And then I'm going to record my Patreon and I think you're going to get some additional information. I got some satchels for you guys about Shaw's. I really think it raised a lot of questions about cast members and production and the show and the intent. And I would love um, to talk about that for about six hours. So look for that in an upcoming Patreon app. Jax, obviously, I think that's a good call. He seems like a nightmare. Kelly Ben Simone, her last two Instagram posts say it all. Gina, she's a disaster and a mess. I don't think I agree with that. I mean, I know she's a disaster and a mess, but there are so many far worse people um, to be with Kelly Dodd. She would push your boundaries to make you crack. Vacillating. Oh, hello. SAT word between joy and rage. Kelly's trying to sell her positive water by saying, you know, our country might be running low on, you know, whole foods bottled water. So please go to Amazon now. Fascinating. Um, Beverly Ann Merrill, because cop without a badge. Ding, ding, ding. I think that would be my number one. Bev and maybe Vicky, honestly, is my number two. Um, more than Peggy, the hundredth housewife, more than anybody else. I think Vicky would actually, uh, endanger people's health and safety by not listening and following very basic instructions. Also, I do not want to be anywhere near Steve Lodge. Um, and Bev, because she's unpredictable and she's dangerous and she's violent. And I would have to really think about which maxed out debit cards I would want to hide from her in fear that she would be looking for things and maybe coughing on them if she had a secret plan. Um, Vicky, because she's not my friend, sister, or soulmate. Um, 
Shep, T-Rav, and all the brews on Below Deck. That's a good call. Jackson, Brittany, a good call as well. And so on and so forth. You guys had a lot of smart picks. Um, It's something I'm just going to continue to think about because I honestly find it endlessly fascinating. Um, And here we are. So guys, I want to talk to you about last week's app, not the episode of Atlanta that aired last night. I haven't seen it yet. And I'm going to talk about it with um, AG151's guest on the next episode. Um, But I want to talk to you about the episode that just happened and the Jersey reunion part two. I think there's a lot to break down and a lot to unpack. And I actually thought that there were a lot of similarities for some ungodly reason um, between what was happening in relationships and the downfall of some of these relationships on Atlanta and on New Jersey. And I want to thread those together first. I am nervous for Kenya in real time because she has had some interviews in recent weeks where she has mentioned a focus on co-parenting with Mark. Great but also the potential for them to reunite and reconcile. And I think that is really, really dangerous. And I think that you have to kind of look at what Teresa and Joe are doing in real time in New Jersey. Teresa's defensive about how Joe treated her in their marriage and comes off as very defensive in part two of the Jersey reunion. And I think it's because she's trying to do that thing that she does where she rewrites the reality of a dysfunctional relationship because she's afraid of how poorly it reflects on her. And so she goes into straight offense mode. And I feel like that needs to be something that Kenya is looking at. Teresa understands that she and Joe are going to get divorced. Let's keep it real. And she also understands the importance of co-parenting now. So while she was passive aggressive with Joe when he was in ICE custody and whatever else in those scenes, the scene where um, Gia was trying on prom dresses and was like, this is between you and um, my father. So enough, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, that was obviously a difficult time for their family with the separation and dealing with him being in custody. I think things are easier now in knowing that he is at least in Italy, although spoiler alert, actually, he is probably ultimately the person that you don't want to be with the most because he is 100% muzzling to the Italian government and is a complete um, turd, which we all know. But Teresa's focused on co-parenting with him and also acknowledging that they will never be in um, a relationship and that the relationship hadn't been good for a while, regardless of her trying to be like, he was better when the cameras weren't there. I was glad that Melissa at least said, okay, cool. He might have been worse when the cameras were there, but he was not exactly good when they weren't. So, um, It's something I think about when I think about the place that Kenya and Mark in are in real time because I'm nervous that Kenya is not setting a standard for herself in saying that because they're focused on co-parenting and having an amicable relationship, somehow that means or indicates to her that he is worth reconciling with. And I think that that is really dangerous and really off. And when you look at the scene that she had in her jammies with 
candy and 52 slash 53 cent, um, you know, trying to make her feel better and being with her. She said a lot. I'm putting aside the weird him communicating with someone he used to sleep with. I don't think he cheated on her, but just like continuing to communicate with people up until their wedding and after. And I just look at the fact that he was asked to leave and Uber was very volatile, very aggressive, violent. Um, someone can be abusive and not be necessarily physically abusive. And he seems like someone with a lot of toxic, abusive behaviors. The fact that she herself says that he's intent on destroying her, that is not a person who you want to be partnered with. It's bad enough he's going to be in your life for the rest of your life for the sake of your child. But he is a very broken person. And frankly, he can't be fixed. And if he can, it's not your responsibility to fix him. It's his. Like he needs to understand and unpack the like severe toxicity that he's attached to uh, masculinity, that he's attached to what he thinks marriage should be in taking on an alpha role of constantly minimizing, isolating, and breaking down his wife because he thinks that that gives him power in their dynamic. I think he's very uncomfortable with the fact that he married someone who is a celebrity in her own right, who's more influential than he is. And he manipulates it so that he can show the charity event on camera. He cannot in good conscience say to her, I wish you weren't there because he wanted the cameras there to cover this event. And then to see how he spoke to members of production at the end of that scene. I think that he is genuinely a piece of garbage, piece of shit. And I don't think that he's going to change. And I think it is a dangerous dynamic to be like, Well, he's asking me how my day is now. So he's on the up and up. I think that the place that they need to grow in, the goal for them is to speak to each other in a respectful way. And being respectful to someone does not mean that they are the love of their life or an appropriate spouse. And I think Kenya's getting confused in that, or it appears that she is in the kinds of interviews that she's giving in real time. And I also think that that is not Kenya's only confusion. I haven't seen this week's episode of Atlanta, last night's episode again, so I will get into that in the next AG. But I did rewatch last week's episode of Atlanta, and it is abundantly clear to me that Kenya had an opportunity to do the right thing in a respectful way and ignored that opportunity twice, if not three times. She said to Candy and essentially everyone that she didn't want to go deep. You know, she said it in confessionals and with Candy and that she didn't want to go deep with women that she doesn't trust, which fine, but then keep it light. Like for Kenya, Nini said, you know, I'm, I just wanted to say I'm thinking about you. Kenya should have responded and said, thank you so much and been light and superficial and kept it moving. 
But Kenya took that in and says, I'm not going to accept it because I think it's fake. So I'm going to do something that makes you feel bad, that is mean and revengeful. And she went way too far. What should have happened was Nini, what, regardless of it being superficial or whatever, doesn't matter. Nini says, you know, I'm thinking about you and your family. How are you doing? Kenya says, we're working on it. Thank you for your good thoughts. You know, I could use everybody's prayers and keep it moving. What Kenya did instead in being like, oh, but thanks to Portia for reaching out and thanks to 52 cent slash 53 cent and thanks to Candy and thanks to that Canadian that I see every now and again. And thanks to do 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 and thanks to Marlo, whose business I tried to make uh, to bury in in doing that. She made this situation so much worse and didn't need to be passive aggressive in that moment. And P.S. If you're saying in the confessional or you're saying in that moment, you're thanking people to reach out to you. Nini is reaching out to you two seconds ago. Nini literally reached out to you two seconds ago. You would not have responded had she texted you specifically about Mark because she did that previously, as we saw in previous episodes, and you didn't respond. She referenced Greg's cancer. She referenced other snuff and was like, let's figure this out. Kenya didn't respond. Obviously, Nini wasn't going to also send her a text, but she's saying it. She's saying it on camera. Respond in just as light and superficial uh, uh, a way as you can, but you don't need to be aggressive and mean because you're just going to make it worse and it's not going to do anybody a favor. Then who was it? Candy that said they should be together in fellowship, which is a phrase I'm now going to use because I'm obsessed with it. Says you should be in fellowship. Nini, who either doesn't give a shit, understands she needs to do something for the show or whatever, says, yeah, I have no problem sitting down and doing that knowing that Nini herself doesn't trust Kenya and Kenya knowing she herself doesn't trust Nini should have done it. Take two seconds and say a longer version of what you would have said at that dinner table. Um, Yeah, let's, you know, like uh, you've been through a lot with Greg, like what helped you just talk to each other as people. Atlanta works best when these women sometimes put aside their differences and talk to each other as fellow wives and fellow mothers. And that's where there's a lot of genuine, true, deep connection and love that can come out. And I think uh, Kenya saying immediately, no, I don't want to do that. And then thinking she can bring a plate of dessert over and have that be... um, an olive branch. Nini already extended a couple of Greek olive olive branches to you and you snapped them in half. And she lost in that moment and Nini won. And for Nini, Kenya was too focused on, I don't trust you. I know that you have some reason for saying these things and I don't want to be anywhere near you. But guess what, sweetie? We're pretending that you're co-hosting this trip, that this colleague of yours, this coworker is on the bare minimum that you could have done was just say, thank you. That's literally it. But instead you had to go extra and mean and cutthroat in a way that wasn't necessary. And PS doesn't benefit you because then you're going to start to lose the people that you were that were on your side because you're not listening to them. And then Nini does the thing that she always does, which is shut down and say a whole bunch of garbage because she doesn't want to have a conversation and leave. And frankly, I don't begrudge her for that. I think that she understood that 
she could do the most lightest, most superficial thing possible, the top layer of skin. And that was the right thing to do. She did it. She did it twice. And Kenya made it worse. And I think that's obviously going to become much more of an issue for them and something that Kenya is going to need to respond to during the reunion whenever it happens. Because there was the right way to do things and then there was the Kenya way to do things. And Kenya, the reason we love her is because she's always going to take the shady route. She's going to bring people into production. She's going to do horrible things, but she's going to make the show pop. And that works to our benefit as viewers. It completely is unbelievably counterproductive and incredibly self-destructive with her in relationships with these people. And, you know, I'm curious to see how that will resolve itself and or impact her relationships with her actual BFFs, um, Candy and Cynthia. And I'm curious to see how this will work with Portia as Portia and Nini um, come together. Portia P.S. Oh my God. The pussy to my left, pussy to my right. Confessional shit. I can't even impersonate it. I wish I could remember it. And making that dentist joke. My God. Portia's journey on Housewives like no other. She is such a light, such an energy. She's so funny. She's the most important housewife on Atlanta. She's maybe the most important, most successful in understanding the job of a housewife and just being yourself and maybe like a heightened version of it, but making sure there's a lot of light there. I love her so much. And I'm so appreciative for her. And I'm so appreciative that for the next however many weeks, we get fresh Porsche content every Sunday, aka Monday, possibly Tuesday morning, bravotv.com. And I think, my God, she is going to save us all. We might not have a vaccine, but we have Porsche and PJ. And you know what? Feels like it's keeping me happy. Um, The room game, guys, I think this is stupid. I don't, I don't think that, sorry, maybe I'm forgetting. I don't think that Atlanta has ever had like a severe series of issues with the rooms like have happened on not really Potomac when you think about like Ashley's entire beach house was a, just one giant terrible room. But um, on uh, New York, obviously, because Ramona and Sonia are actual monsters. So is, frankly, the rest of the cast when it comes to the rooms. And maybe Beverly Hills. I don't think Atlanta is that bad, but I think it's become one of these housewife tropes that people feel like, oh, we have to make the room selection a thing. And I was, I, it was something, I just thought it was kind of stupid, to be honest, but it was something. And frankly, um, Gibson Johns, friends of the show, tweeted a, a screenshot of Portia's ass as she's trying to get herself out of that pool. And, you know, maybe I disagree with myself. Maybe it was worth it just for that moment, which is maybe going to be my phone screensaver. Um, so, you know, Atlanta as a whole was great. I, 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 you know, it's quality. Um, I, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen if they don't do a reunion. I don't know if they're going to, cause it's postponed again, not canceled as of yet, as of this moment recording, anything could change. Um, I don't know what that will mean because these are obviously people in real time and people who are watching the show, um, and who are listening to viewer fan feedback in real time. And I wonder how that will change and affect the reunion itself. Will the reunion then feel like 
these things are too much in the past or will it make some friendships that were relatively stable much worse because of what people have been saying in the press and on social? I'm thinking most consistently about, I guess, Kenya and Cynthia, because Cynthia surely is understanding what people are saying about Kenya in real time. And I'm thinking also a lot about Portia and Kenya because they were in a pretty good place. And as Portia heals in her relationship with Nini and also holds Kenya to task, I wonder what kind of ripples that will create with Kenya and Portia's like relatively unstable but lovely burgeoning friendship. Unstable in the fact that anything can happen. Um, and I loved those moments where they were shooting the shit and, you know, that weird, bad energy baby doll and all that dumb shit. Like, I loved seeing them interact together. And I do think that most importantly, Portia should still hold Kenya accountable. But I don't know. I I don't want them to become uh, and be at war with each other. I think that was... It's just not something I want from these women. And I think we have enough of that in a not bad way with um, Nini and Kenya. And I just I just don't want it. I love seeing Kenya and, and Portia work on themselves after so many years of pure fire. And I honestly really and truly want that to continue. Um, and I do want to shift a little bit to New Jersey um, because I have some satchels from you guys. And listen... I heard from a lot of you after last week's episode about this whole thing with Jennifer, and I just want to reiterate, it is not that I'm on Jennifer's side about what she's saying. It's the fact that I really, really appreciated in part one that she was entertaining and extra. Now, part two, I was like, all right, it's a little bit. It's a, I got it in part one. Part two, I was like, all right, it's a little bit. It's enough. Like, we're, we're good. We've got it. But I appreciate that she's at least going full force into making sure that she gets her third season contract signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Um, I do understand that it's like, okay, let other people talk a little. Like, let these people fight. I cannot believe that we haven't. We're at part two. Where are we with the whole burying Teresa, Danielle stuff? If we are not seeing Danielle until part three, and God bless for that. I'm not complaining. Does that mean that we're bundling Teresa's responsibility in with Danielle's? Because if that's the case, that makes me think that Teresa's not really going to be held accountable because everybody else is going to be coming back on top of Danielle. And even with the Teresa stuff, it might flow back into being like the, but that Danielle, you weren't a good friend because you told people that and whatever else. I think it works to Teresa's benefit, obviously, that she hasn't been held responsible for encouraging Danielle to be physically violent and incredibly aggressive. Um, but it sucks for Margaret that she's not taking this opportunity to do that. Although maybe she did earlier and it was like too light a touch and they didn't use it. Or maybe she did earlier and I don't remember it. It's interesting to me that after such a mind-blowing finale on Jersey, that that wouldn't be top of mind. But 
that also plays to Jersey's benefit. It shows what a strong season Jersey has had in that we have a lot of stuff going on with um, Jackie and Jen. We have stuff going on with sort of Tree and Marg that's not, hasn't really been covered that much, um, but will be covered next episode. We have a lot going on with um, Jen, Dolores, and Tree, that side of the couch versus the other side. We have a lot going on with Tree and Dolores being silent while Jen tries to bury um, Melissa with the fake baby stuff, which is 100% fake, and Jackie and Margaret and them being quiet at some points. I don't know that they were strategizing pre-reunion as most housewives do that like Jen will carry the brunt of it, but I do find it endlessly fascinating to watch their faces and it's I forget if I said this on um, AG149, but I have been thinking it, which is it's similar to like when you're at a wedding and everybody looks at the bride, but you or, and by you, I mean me, look at the groom because you like to see the groom's face. It's sort of similar to me in the dynamic of when Jen is coming at the other side of the couch, I'm looking at Teresa and Dolores because I find it endlessly fascinating to watch what they are not saying in defense of Teresa's sister-in-law and what they're not saying in defense of essentially anybody on that couch. Um, you know, I loved seeing the husbands on the couches. I thought it was questionable that Jen was talking about the process in which she schedules and executes intimate time in 10 minute increments with Bill Aiden in the bathroom, because he does seem like a, conservative guy when it comes to expression and I think between last season and now he's understood the financial rewards that come with being a housewife and also understands what his wife feels like she needs to reveal in in order to like maintain an energy on the show it would be interesting to me to kind of break down and understand like do they have a conversation before she talks about stuff filming about like their sex life or is she just speaking off the cuff like did he I hate to use this phrase but did like they have a conversation she like ask him if she could talk about these intimate things I mean he is also a person with his own sexuality and his own right to privacy at the end of the day regarding that sexuality so is she saying like I think I might bring up this stuff and like are you okay with that or or is it like a wink and a smile where he understands that by signing up for this show everything is on the table I would be curious about that specifically in their dynamic because she started the show and seemed so subservient to him and he seemed like a guy who I didn't really understand or like and just watching him become honestly like more independent and free and like being drunk AF with the guys and having a sense of humor in a way that I really really didn't see last season it seems like their relationship is freer as a result like in a really positive way it seems like there's a lightness there um with both of them that I really appreciate and think is really fun and Jersey is one of those franchises obviously you have very toxic relationships and marriages most specifically with Teresa and Juicy Joe but with a lot of these other people, there's just so much love. There's love between Dolores and Frank, even though they're not allegedly fucking, which I do believe. I also do believe there's sexual tension there. Um, there's a lot of love with um, Marge and Joe, the um, underemployed contractor. And I want to hear more about those apartments PSE owns because I think that is 
fascinating. Um, there's a lot of love, obviously, with Jen and Bill. There's a lot of love with Joe, Gorga, and Melissa. There's obviously a lot of love with Jackie and my future first or second husband, Evan, who I, people have been saying this for a while, but I was late to the game. My fucking God. If you guys aren't following Evan's Instagram, which has like seven pictures, but that's enough. Trust me. My Lord, he is very attractive. I don't remember if I thought he was cute last season. Did he have his own little glow up between last season or now? Have I been blind and now I can see? Is this one of the side effects of being inside 24-7? I thought that was great. I also loved when Andy asked Teresa, who would you want to fuck here on these couches? Just keep it real. And she was like, I can't choose. Bitch, we know you would choose Evan. You just said you wanted one of our fellow chosen people. And by the way, have you seen him? My goodness. Is Jackie like the winner in life on New Jersey? She has to be. She has mom and dad money banging down her door. She has boundaries with her parents cute, funny kids, husband who's fucking gorgeous, mate, well, maybe not gorgeous, very fucking attractive is what I'll say. Maybe not gorgeous, very fucking attractive. He's loaded AF with his like hedge fund bullshit. Great house. Seems like she probably has friends. Don't remember if I've seen any of them on camera. Don't really care because I feel like everything else cancels that out. She might be like the most well off in terms of stable, happy life, noting she has her challenges with her disordered eating and noting she has her challenges with parents who seem incredibly dysfunctional. But regardless, she seems like she has a really stable marriage. I'd like to see more of Evan, not just because he is unbelievable eye candy and the self-care we all need and absolutely deserve, but I'd like to see more of like them talking, him doing stuff. Maybe he's keeping a healthy distance. It's probably because he's, again, super smart guy with a very important job. Not that I want him to put that job at risk. I would just like to see him doing more. And um, I guess stay tuned for that. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I have a long satchel about Teresa that I want to read. It was sent to me by Chris from Baltimore last week. And I think I said it on, if, in case I said it on last, I was just thinking about it. So regardless, if I talked about it on last week's AG, I'm going to say it now. From Chris in Baltimore, this was sent after part one. Um, All right, I've been up for hours and in between thinking about politics. P.S. My God, what are you thinking about today? I had a deep thought on Teresa Gorga, nay, Judice, Judice, Judice. She started as a side character season one with most of the drama surrounding the Manzo versus Staub nonsense but had a breakthrough moment that led to her stardom rising in season two. That would also be when we began to hear rumblings of financial troubles and marital marital problems. Since then, her arc has really focused on that. This has resulted in making the show great and also making it feel less balanced than maybe any other franchise. What we saw in the finale, though in some ways, was the perfect finale of an eight-season arc. Does Teresa have the ability to hold the center of the franchise without Joe drama? I'd argue maybe for a season, but she's awful at keeping friends for the most part. And I can't imagine um, that that will open about dating on television. I feel as crazy as it seems, there's a path forward of a Jersey without Teresa now that this nightmare arc has reached an awful conclusion. Okay, here are my thoughts, Chris from Baltimore. You're raising a lot of interesting 
uh, questions, concerns, thoughts. For many, many tens of episodes, if not at least 100 episodes of Andy's Girls, I've said how much I dislike Teresa, the stuff with Tripper, Strippergate, everything else, thought she was garbage, thought why is she the center, why are they delay filming during the prison stuff, like why, or camp, sorry, apologies, Um, why are they doing X, Y, and Z, like it doesn't make sense, she's a horrible person, I don't understand tree huggers. It's not that I'm revoking that now. And I know I'm in the minority. I feel like I'm in the minority with a lot of stuff the last couple of weeks. I don't know what that's about. Uh, maybe my immune system's working after all. Um, I feel like, listen, it's true that because Joe's no longer in custody and she's gotten through her camp stuff, okay, and they're figuring out their financial future, that is no longer the focus of attention. I agree that that was the focus of attention for several seasons. I think that was why, you know, season, whatever it was, five or six, or I think it was six with the twins and um, those who shall not be named, uh, you know who you are, Amber and other person. Um, I think that that also helped create a really um, lopsided dynamic, which when paired with really, really bad first time one and done housewives led to an incredibly unfortunate nightmare of a season. But I think because Teresa is reaching a point where she's trying to figure out her own Shannon Bedore style fun time, she wants to turtle time. She's very, very gingerly dropping nuggets that she's not as defensive about some things as she was, where she's just casually saying that she thinks that, you know, at that beach house that she thinks that maybe Joe was unfaithful and she knows or whatever else. These are, to me, strategic ways that she is opening herself up to the possibility that in future episodes and seasons, she might seem to look like an actual person and a housewife. Whereas before she was like untouchable, you couldn't go near stuff. People were too afraid about, about their um, future on the show. If they went against her, or they just didn't want to piss her off or they wanted to go for lower hanging fruit because that was easier to win with fan bases, if not production. That's one thing. I think that we're looking at a different Teresa now. I'm curious what will happen if she and Joe formalize their divorce or they might just continue this separation legal in all kinds of ways for now that might go on for several years if they think that signing the papers will impact their kids very delicate um uh you know behaviors and 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 want to keep their give their kids as much stability as they possibly can I would love to see Teresa do a little bit of a turtle time um Kelly dotted out I think that Teresa's relationships and friendships will change a little bit. I think that she and Melissa are towing how they can fight with each other without losing their sense of family. Um, you know, Nono needs us um, now more than ever. And I think that it's a good thing if all of the pressure or a lot of the pressure or even half the pressure is off her or off our sense that she has to be the center and carry the weight of the franchise. And that speaks to her trying to be human and humane, baby steps, remember at the end of the day, and it speaks to the power of the other housewives. It speaks to how great Margaret is. It speaks to Melissa having a perfect attendance record. It speaks to Dolores 
being there. I don't know what else to say about that. It speaks to Jackie. It speaks to Jen. There are enough stories, even if some of these women aren't the powerhouses we were sort of expecting, there are enough stories and enough relationships that can ebb and flow that I feel like we don't need to depend on thinking that Teresa is like the absolute center of the earth. She might be the center of that um, initial screen at the beginning of the episode where they're hanging, handing, holding their, you know, like bags of trash and plates of pasta, but she doesn't necessarily need to be, I'm like using my hands as I say this, um, she doesn't necessarily need to be like the center of the earth. You know what I'm saying? Like she doesn't have to be, she might be the original foundation of all of this, but we are also building an improved foundation on top of that. And as of right now, that foundation does include her. I do think she should stay on the show. Nobody is saying she shouldn't when it comes to production or anybody else. I think that she's probably being coached certainly on how she's expressing things 100% during her confessionals and absolutely as she prepares for maybe filming stuff and also, um, uh, uh, and also preparing for the reunion. I think in some ways she felt hoodwinked by production that they were even, they weren't protecting her as, as they did during seasons past during that finale scene, when she's realizing that this shit is going to be covered on camera, that what Danielle said, Melissa saying it is not just going to be used so that the women can appear angry. And then they cut out the Teresa responsibility stuff in post. I think that is a good thing. I think they're opening the door to saying you were the queen and untouched for a long time. And listen, y'all can continue to pray to the altar, but we're finding other gods next door. And maybe this is a terrible comparison, but I'm thinking about it now and I'm just going to say it. And I'm just going to say it and, and caution you that this again might be trash. But think about how production, when they had a new production company, how they treated Lisa Vanderpump. When they took off the kid gloves and said, people are going to come at you. She didn't respond well. She quit the show in the second half of last season of Beverly Hills was a nightmare. That was our own Beverly Hills pandemic. P.S. Where's the fucking trailer? Um, But I think that maybe production is taking smaller steps, more delicate steps with Tree, where they're saying, listen, the show's been on for 150 years. You've been on for 10 we got a 10 seasons. We're not going to protect you as you did, as we did before, but also maybe you don't need that kind of protection. Like maybe Teresa can put on her big girl panties, the ones that Dorit will send her way and embrace the fact that she might be held to account in a different way, but her job I think is safe and secure. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. Um, but it's just something I'm thinking about. I think a lot of you guys are right about Jennifer and how she is a little extra this week, but I appreciate her effort. Um, and, you know, part three, this whole bullshit with Danielle. I mean, we're just going to get through it. She pretends that she's not going to leave in film unless she's next to Andy spooning him big spoon to his little guess what she gets a folding chair big surprise she's at the end she leaves forever I still don't understand what she had against production HQ to make this seem like a big fucking deal that a woman that isn't even technically I think a friend of in the way that Marlo is is getting this kind of send-off or tension it is so stupid other OGs have come and gone before BCC, Camille, and several others who are 
much more liked or stable or human than Danielle Staub. And the fact that she's getting this kind of attention is insane. Um, I wish her podcast the very best. P.S. You guys, speaking of podcasts, so Gretchen Rossi now has a podcast that I haven't listened to that I'm sure is a hot mess. And Vicky has one. Um, and she just interviewed Andy, which I'm sure is a garbage nightmare. I'm thinking for an upcoming Patreon that I'm going to listen to those episodes and respond to them. Slide into my DMs and let me know if you think that's something because I am not going to sacrifice that kind of mental stability unless you guys really want it because you know that's probably trash. But let me save you from having to listen to it. Um, I can't believe this was a full episode (laughs) of Andy's Girls. I do have to say, um, hang in there, guys. Slide into my DMs. I'm going to be talking about um, Housewives 24-7, Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley. If you like AG and you want to support the number one way of supporting me, especially because I may or may not have a career (laughs) every day, the news is changing. and could really use your support with just day-to-day AG costs right now, is signing up for an Andy's Girls Patreon. $2 gets you a mazel. $5 gets you two bonus episodes of content a month. Uh, $10 gets you four. Um, And I'm thinking about adding some bonus episodes on top of that because I just have so fucking much to say and Shaw's my God. Um, And P.S. If we get some scoop, Andy said to a friend of the show, Evan Ross Katz on Twitter, they're trying to work out how to release some of this content early, but it's complicated. I don't know what that means, but if they are able to release anything, P.S. Where is the fucking Beverly Hills trailer? My God. P.P.S. Potomac soon enough. Um, then I will be, um, I'll, I'll be responding to that pretty uh, quickly and readily, and that'll happen on Patreon in between full episodes. Um, if you have any AG guests uh, who you love um, tons and want to see backslide in with um, some uh, suggestions, I'm always interested in hearing your thoughts on new um, AG guests to bring into the AG family. Um, and especially since we're doing satellite now, I they won't need to be next to me on the people's people's couch because I'm not sitting on there. I am staying in my bedroom. Um, let me know your thoughts and feels. Guys, the most important thing is for you to feel safe and um, healthy. And I hope that you have um, everything you need around you, um, meaning working internet and the Bravo app. And um, stay in touch. I am thinking of all of you, thinking of myself, and um, and uh, AG will be here, um, sassing with SG of the AG solos and with guests on upcoming eps. I love all of you. You are all my Bravo holic BFF booze. And um, just keep watching. Watch whatever you want, whenever you want. And we will get through this together. And by this, I mean um, watching Danielle on Okay, keep your priorities intact, you guys. All right, this is this is a crisis. Uh, I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. Um, hashtag 100%. Bye, guys.